0: It's been a few days without Locked On Guardians. Uh, we have a Yankee series to break down, an Angel series to break down, and we will try and solve the mystery of the missing offense on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you know, the question on one of these, one, I'm going to be honest, if you see my eyes going here, uh, it is the eighth inning of the game as I'm recording this right now. Uh, Jimmy Herget is in, and hey, the uh, Guardians just got their third hit of the game. It's been a pretty brutal stretch. We're going to talk offense. We're going to talk about some minor moves uh, the organization has made over the past few days. We're going to try to get into all of it. It's, you know, if you listen to the show, the last one we had before I... You know, I spent the last weekend in Cleveland being in a wedding. uh, So that's why we didn't have a Monday, Tuesday episode, uh, which I mentioned on Friday. But that one I said, you know, the Yankees are a better team, significantly better team. And the Guardians got swept, but they should have won one of those games. And there was a big overreaction after Saturday's game uh, with Classe. Now, Classe doesn't miss a lot of bats, but typically guys don't hit him hard either. He induces a ton of weak contact. As I recall, at the start of last year, he also um, was had some ups and downs and then ended up being amazing. I have full faith in him being amazing. No pitcher is perfect. It'll get figured out. The bigger story to me is totally uh, Yankees fans acting like uh, donkeys. Let's keep this family friendly, right? Keep uh, So I don't have to put the little exclusionary tag. Acting like big old jerks. Um, yeah, I, I, somewhere at my mom's house, I have saved the ticket stub. I was at the Bottlegate game. And I'll always remember the person going next to me, hey, aren't you going to throw that cup? And me being like, no, I paid extra money to get the souvenir cup. I'm taking it home with me uh, and not throwing this thing on the field. Uh, and that's, you know, if everyone else had that just cheapness in their soul, uh, we might be a better place with sports. It was just ridiculous. And the fact that it felt like nothing uh, was done, about what the Yankees fans did is uh, really obnoxious. Do we need to break down all those games? We can probably do it quickly. Let's break down the Yankees series quickly. Uh, Segment two, we're going to break down the Angels. Segment three, we're going to talk about roster moves, missing offense, and the like. So let's just start with, you know, I opened all of these. Uh, Here we go. So Friday's game, which was, you know, Eli Morgan as the starter. He was all right. Uh, the typical thing you expect to see with him, of course, is he's going to give up home runs. And that's what happened. Uh, you know, he gave up one to Aaron Judge. The other one went to Tanner Tully. It's nice to see Tanner Tully make his big league debut. I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get, but he earned that. Uh, I was an all-lefty day. De- well, so after Morgan was all lefties. Then you had Logan Allen, the, the elder Tanner Tully. And Connor Pilkington was the best-looking starter in that one. Overall, you know, this was still a game where the offense hadn't quite <laughs> left. Naylor had two hits. Rosario had two hits. Quan had two hits. Uh, zero walks, though. That's, that's kind of a big deal, but it's interesting because the Guardians outhit hit uh, the Yankees, but the Yankees did have more opportunities because they had four walks in this one. Uh, two of those, to lam Morgan, that's a little uncharacteristic for him, but they had four runs on 11 opportunities. That's a really high rate. The Guardians having one run on nine opportunities is a very low rate. This is a game they should have been competitive in. Uh, I mean, 4-1 is not an uncompetitive score. But it's one where I look at this and I'm like, ah, there was there was chances in that game. Uh, I think very easily your three stars are probably Pilkington for having a scoreless frame, the only one to do that. And then I would probably lean into Quan and Naylor because while well, they each reached base twice, so they each had the extra base hits. One game down. Now the Saturday game. On top of everything else, it's also when Quan gets hurt and that has had an effect on this offense. Uh, this is a game that they win to the ninth winning. uh Class A loses, and you know two runs given up in the ninth, four three becomes uh or yeah, four to three becomes five to four. Cleveland only had four hits in this one and two walks. They had six opportunities across the board. uh that is a extremely low amount to get four runs on. I mean, Naylor had a home run. Naylor's obviously a four star in this one. Uh, you had two walks to Rosario, and those are the only two people to reach base twice. Uh, you go and you look at pitching-wise, Quantrell was okay. Uh, De Los Santos was solid. Shaw was okay. Sandlin was okay. But <sighs> Class A, and then, which just an odd way to have to go through and deal with everything in that one. And the way it ended, and it just, it was a frustrating game on many levels. You know, if you're three starring this one, it's obviously Naylor and likely Rosario as well for reaching base. Uh, though at points having defensive issues, hey, the Guardians might actually score. We'll have to see if uh, someone can get across here in the eighth. But, you know, due to hedges, because he had an extra base hit as well, I, I mean, it, it's tempting. I mean, honestly, a third star in this one, Quantrill wasn't necessarily great, he wasn't bad. I probably go Quan Chow over Hedges, so that's just that's the game. Though they should have won, they were active in the or active they were, they had a good chance in the first game. They should have won the second game, and then Sunday they just got destroyed. Uh, you know, M- McCarty gets a uh, gets to get out there for three innings. Nice for him to get his. Debut, but he got hit around Aaron Savale. Has yet to have a good start this year. Uh, that is something to pay attention to to track because it is a concern because it hasn't even been, you know, an okay start. He has yet to have a he's yet to be passable. 13 hits, three walks, and a hit batter, 17 opportunities, 10 runs, uh, um, and then an error around Cleveland. So, 18 opportunities. My bad. 10 runs on 18 opportunities is a very high amount. Cleveland. Having two runs on nine opportunities is a low amount, which is, again, what we talked about in the first game. Uh, Not taking advantage of the scoring opportunities. So Jimenez had a defensive miscue in this one, but he also had two hits. Who else reached base twice? Well, Jose Ramirez and Austin Hedges. Uh, Hedges also had an error, a throwing error in this one. You know, this was a game that felt like everything kind of went wrong. I look at it, and I'm like... I mean, i probably tempted to make Hedges one of them just because three strikeouts over two innings and uh, two clean frames. I think you give one to Jimenez in spite of his issue because, hey, it was a triple and two hits, and then you give it to Jose Ramirez because he's Jose and he reached base twice as opposed to Hedges who he reached base twice and had the error. Uh, it was a cruddy weekend series. Like, There's no other way around it. It was a very cruddy weekend series. Uh, you know, for the most part, I don't think... Uh, anyone in Cleveland really like the Yankees, so have to deal with all of that is extra annoying. Uh, unfortunately, that's what happened. Uh, and now we're kind of stuck in this situation where this is a team that is scuffling big time. We'll get into that when we talk about the Angels in the second half of this show today. Uh, but we're also going to try to get to the root of it. We're also going to talk about. They've been making moves, uh, internal and a little bit of external, but also the external being an internal. We'll get into all of that uh, in the second and third segments of the show today. And yes, I realize it's the ninth inning, not the eighth inning. I misspoke, as I often do with many things. Our next sponsor is a product I used every day. I started taking uh, Athletic Greens uh, because I've always had problems with my gut health. And when I saw this is something that can help your gut health, I very much want to try it out and see. I've tried a lot of things. That's one of the main reasons I've talked about on this show. When I talk with some of our other sponsors, I look for things that are gluten-free because I found that makes my gut health gut health better. I'm always looking for things to help. If you've had bad gut problems, you know exactly why you go out of your way to find something. And right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune, um, immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packets with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit Athletic Greens backslash MLB network. There's athleticgreens.com backslash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I don't know why I got so aggro there, but it's it's a solid product. I like the taste. I like things that are very earthy. I'm a big fan of green teas, matcha, and I like athletic greens kind of in that whole thing. There's just something about it. Bit of a citrus taste and smell. Uh, but with kind of that good earthy taste, like if you're someone who loves that good earthy taste, this is the supplement for you. Uh, Franmel like uh, you know, I'm a Fran Mill fan. I <sighs> just want you to understand. I mean, you know, Raseal Glacius is very good, but man, he is just Fran, Fran Mill looks so tentative right now. Like he's just he doesn't trust himself. Like I'm sitting here with the game right over here, and I'm just I do my ad read. I pause so I can write down my timestamps, do all that stuff. And Franmil has looked so bad because it's I. I think he's just overly tentative. I think that is a big problem uh, for him. I think it's getting into his head. I think he's a hundred percent. And what's it tonight? Over four with four strikeouts. Yeah, I mean he's got the golden sombrero. He's hitting worse than Austin Hedges almost. When you are at the Hedges level, that is a sheer sign of terribleness. Let's talk about the Monday game, speaking of terribleness. Again, I know a lot is made about Bieber and Velocity. He still went 6 and a third, 3 earned runs, 6 strikeouts. He has always been home run prone. Michael Lorenzen, I mean, kind of funny in a way. I mean, not if you're a Guardians fan, but Lorenzen to Iglesias. Man, imagine if Cincy had just used both of those guys. Now, Lorenzen, credit should be given somewhere. Like, he was Otani before Otani. He was a two-way guy. Uh, you know, I was listening to the broadcast tonight. I didn't realize that he was um, Little League teammates with Austin Hedges. But, uh, you know, additional credit. I don't know why I'm hinging and highing here. But, like, big props as well to the Angels for letting this guy start. He had been only a reliever for pretty much his entire life. He's been very good in that starter role, and, and the, he, the Guardians didn't have much to show while facing him. Uh, let's, you know, breaking down the box scores, the Guardians had three hits and four walks. They had seven opportunities and got nothing across. Uh, that is a very low outcome percentage. Other side, uh, and uh, L.A. had um, an error, so they had eight opportunities. L.A. had uh, ten opportunities. You know I mentioned a wild pitch, but I don't count it. Three runs on ten is... Um, it's a high outcome, which, again, when you see that higher rate, it's because of home runs. That's almost always entirely where it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I don't want to sit here and brag, but, like, I literally sat here a week ago and said, you know, who says no to Taylor Ward for, um, for Ahmed Rosario? Because this is a team that's starting Taylor Wade and Andrew Velasquez and Matt Duffy as their internal uh, combination the past few days. at shortstop and second base and the thing with Taylor Ward is right now with you know you got Trout you got Marsh you got Ward you got Adele you don't have enough spots because Atani's gonna DH so Ward being maybe the most tradable of those I uh, go out and make my comment and all but one person told me it's uh, cl- uh Cleveland or uh, Anaheim of <laughs> the team to say no and I love interacting with John uh if you're listening thank you for listening and always being fun on the interaction uh did Monday change your opinion at all? Just a little? Because <laughs> he was adamant that it was a bad call. Oof, and that's the ball game. Uh, Cleveland whiffs to death at the end of this one. It's, uh, man, we'll get into again the the disappearing offense. But over the course of this one, it's like Owen Miller is back, but Owen Miller is not the player he looked like uh, pre-going on the COVID list. He manages a walk. Who reached base twice in this. Luis Ramirez with with two walks, and then uh, Richie Palacios, uh, who had two hits in his major league debut. He got the call up. Uh, they sent down um, McCarty and Tully. Uh, well, I think he was he came up when McCarty went down, and yeah, you know it is what it is. Uh, at least you know he's another interesting player. He can hit. He's a left field only, but he can hit. He had two hits in that game and provided some of the only real uh, points of interest in that Monday game, at least for me, when I was watching the condensed version after getting in uh, pretty late, driving in from Ohio to Wisconsin. It was only a two-hour game. It moved quickly because of the lack of offense for Cleveland. Uh, You're three stars in this one. I I mean, it's Palacios. It's, you know, I guess it's Jose because he reached base twice. And then after that, it's like, who who do you really feel? Like, it, it, do we give it to Trevor Steffen? Do we give it to Brian Shaw? Uh, do you value the one inning or the two thirds of an inning with a strikeout? I, you know, I'm not going to give it to Bieber in this situation because, again, two home runs is a lot, but there were some limiting factors. It, it's just a disappointing game. Now, let's say, hey, the other one's ended, so we might as well talk about. Uh, McKenzie wasn't great in this one. He wasn't terrible. I am happy to see the low walks, but he was very hittable. Uh, the home run to Trout. Now, that's the funny thing, too. Like, you look at this game. Cleveland only managed four hits. They got one run across in the ninth. They only had one walk as well. Not only did they have no hits, they had, you know, just the one walk. They got one run on five opportunities. That's that's maybe... It's it's okay. That's average-ish. Uh, eight hits on the other side, plus one walks. That's nine uh, four runs and nine opportunities is high. But again, they had a big home run. And then they had, when you look at those hits, those eight hits, you know, two doubles, three, what, four four doubles and a home run. Uh, the hits that were given up were almost all hard hits off of McKenzie. Uh, you know, Ghost came in and his one hit. Uh, De Los Santos, you know, he, he's been good. It's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, when... <sighs> When uh, Chang and who's the other player currently on the? Why am I blanking on our other player on the? Oh, Castro. Uh, because remember, De Los Santos is just a temp guy there. He's not a real forty man spot. Or so, you know. Do they add him? Do they decide to keep him? If they do, who are they going to cut? Because they got to cut somebody. And that's the same thing. Like they went out and added. You know, we'll talk about Oviedo and the the second part, Luis Oviedo back. They're going to have to move someone else off the forty man. So. I, uh, you know, it does not look good for someone like you, Chen Chang. It just doesn't right now. Uh, in this one, you know, Owen Miller struck out to end the game. Fran Miller is just, a, it's a disaster. <sighs> Two hits for Miles Straw and a great part of a relay to gun down Mike Trout at home. So this wasn't a 5 1 loss. Uh, but Straw's is the only player who reached base twice. You give him, you give. Inel uh, De Los Santos is one of the two stars in this one. And then after that, probably Jose Ramirez for the extra base hit. And, you know, he got a run across. Uh, He's cooled down a bit. He's still an excellent player. But, you know, we've seen Owen Miller managed one hit here. Uh, A lot of people talk about, like, Clement is a fine backup. But he's also starting. And offensively, there's nothing there. Mercado has gone right in the tank. Like when you're starting Mercado and Clement in your corner outfield spots, can you just forfeit the game? Like, can you just say, hey, we're not going to bother? Because that's essentially what you're saying when you start those two guys there. Uh, Rosario is still not hitting, and he's, you know, you're putting him, statistical you know analysis shows the number two spot is the most important part in your lineup, uh, and that's where you put a guy who's not hitting. And you've got a dead spot at two, a dead spot at four, One could argue that, yeah, with the way this lineup is constructed and with Stephen Kwan currently hurt, all of a sudden it's dead spots all around because right field is just a holding pattern position. Uh, First base is a holding pattern position. We didn't have Naylor in, I believe, either of these games. Did he play Monday? And I'm just completely blanking on it. There's a chance that I'm blanking everything out with this series. Uh, but you know Naylor has played he played well in the Yankee series i you know I haven't been his biggest supporter but it's at the same time he's played well he's doing well I'm sorry he did play and he was ineffective on Monday but we need like let Palacios play more figure it out like give that kid opportunities Clement is not an everyday player we know that Mercado is not an everyday player. We know that. Yeah, he had the big hits early on, but he's regressing towards what he has shown to be over the course of three years. Like, we have as much data on Mercado as we have on any other player. And if they were done with Bradley Zimmer, like, I I mean, I think Zimmer has more ceiling than Mercado has, honestly. So uh, I just don't see any value in retaining him. They need to figure something out. I said from the start, it's like Naylor needs to be there in right field every day, or they need to just go ahead and if we'll see what happens with Kwan. Like, does he go on the disabled list? That that's a big part of what's going to be waiting, uh, probably tomorrow to find out. But if he goes on the disabled list, like let Palacios play. Like, at least there is a chance that he's going to hit well enough to be useful. Clement is a backup. Mercado. Mercado is out there because they don't have someone who can has the arm for right. I mean, that's honestly what it comes down to right now. Quan can play it in a pinch, but I don't think they trust him. Naylor, they don't want to overtax, and then their own internal options. It's like Nolan Jones's health has been an issue. Uh, they don't have too much, you know. It's like they would like to see Jones maybe get some reps there or at first base. I, uh, I mean, and then uh, let's be very honest here. When you look at this team, we're talking about. Like I said, we're going to talk about Luis Oviedo. We're going to talk about Inel De Los Santos. We're going to get to those in segment three. But like Bobby Bradley is done. Like he is very clearly going to be out. When was the last time, you know, we talked about him, you know, getting any type of regular rep? Like that's going to be something to to discuss. We're going to talk about like offensively where this team is shaping up, uh, what has happened, where they've now lost five in a row. And then we're just going to get into, uh, you know, all these roster moves because it's setting them up that they're going to have to make some hard decisions very soon first we're going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsors so built bar we talked about this last week i'm getting aggro because i really wish they'd send me a mixed box of their granola i'm very intrigued i want to try this out i love everything about built bar i talked about i was traveling this past week funny story we were saying with a doctor friend of ours in cleveland and uh, I open up her fridge, and she has a bunch of built bars in there. So I'm like, "Hey, do you you know is this something?" And she's like, "It is the only protein bar I can eat that doesn't affect uh, doesn't bother her in the throat." And I'm like, "Oh, let me tell you the promo code because oh she goes, no, the best promo code I have ever found. Give me 10 percent off." So she's now gonna use Lock 15 because this is a product that just so happens that she orders because she thinks it's it's the best for her. It's a Cleveland. Clinic, a kidney doctor, if you wanted uh, someone who's a little bit uh, more uh, into the, the science of things. But yeah, she buys built bars and uses them, and now she's going to use the promo code Lock fifteen because uh, that's going to save her fifteen percent instead of ten. I'm going to try this. I'm going to put in an order right now for the granola, as long as I can make confirm it's gluten free, and it's also they're donating money with this one to help fight childhood hunger. So that's a pretty cool as well So you get a great product because all products from Built Bar are fantastic while also doing something to help others. Uh, and again, if you don't want to take my word for it, I can you can take the word of a, a doctor friend of uh, of ours who uh, you know is uh, you know my wife's best friend uh, does Built Bars and recommends she likes the the protein ball as well. From Bilt Bar. So go to com today. Like I said, I'm going to be trying the granola mix box because I love everything they do, and I'm excited. They're trying something new and different uh, that I assume is going to be as delicious as everything else over at com. Promo code LOCKED15. Okay, so roster moves galore. So I think Anil De Los Santos is going to make it hard for him to go off the roster. I I don't know if he has an opt-out, which I assume any player would... Uh, he is doing enough to earn a extended look the problem is again you're going to have to let someone go now the other problem is the pirates released luis ovieda you might remember him he was a borderline top 10 prospect a few times in the system had a really great year was it back in like 2018 in the minors and then had a weak 2019 the year he got selected uh, let's see so it was was it 20 yeah 2018 2019 was not great gets taken, uh, or it's a 2020 season, post-2020 season, after the alternate side stuff, he ends up with Pittsburgh, uh, appeared in 29.2 innings, uh, and was generally ineffective, was not good, negative one war, uh, he's now 23 years of age, uh, having cleared everything, got sent back to Cleveland, or well, he didn't get sent back. You know, he had cleared the requirements. He's six foot four, two sixty. He's a big pitcher. He's a pitcher they liked a lot. Uh, but by bringing him back onto the forty man, by claiming him, I'm sorry, he has not reached twenty three yet. He's almost there. Uh, you know, they clearly like him, but it's going to cost them another roster spot. I guess technically, they're able to. Like, I don't know how this works. To me, this doesn't make sense. But, like, um, uh, because to me, it was if you're, like, technically, like, unless it's when you add someone on due to the COVID stuff, it's like a temporary position, and they have a open temporary roster for you man spot because there's two players on the COVID list. When they come back, what are you going to do? You're going to have to clear a roster spot for sure. And that's when, I mean, Bobby Bradley is probably done. At this point in time, I mean, Bobby Bradley isn't even like I said he's hardly playing for Cleveland. Uh he appeared Friday. That's the only time he appeared over the last few games. They're letting everyone else man first base but him. Honestly, I I think he would pass through waivers. Like I don't see a a reason why a team would claim him. It, the performance just isn't there over any point. You know, it, his we you know, if you're someone who's listened to me, like the super exciting year was in a when he was 19 and back in 2015 where he was just decimating everything. Like, he almost won the Triple Crown. With 27 home runs, you know, it wasn't Triple Crown. It was just that he was that big offensively. You know, 269 average, the three fifty two bat pip also, you know, assigned. But the 31% strikeout rate should have been a huge indicator there. Like, that should have been one of those things where, like, okay, there's a lot of positives, but... And, you know, he was... I loved him as a draft pick, as a third-round pick, where they got him. That was a great value. He was a... Good gamble, but there was a lot of signs that there just wasn't enough to translate. I think he is gone this week. When uh, they have to at least you know bring back Chang, and when they have to bring back Castro, uh, they're going to have to clear at least one spot. Now, if they decide to keep in De Los Santos, they're going to have to clear two spots. Uh, you know, Luke Molly, not Molly, Luke May Lee is back, and that's why La Vestida got sent down. And with uh, McCarty going down, that's when Palacios came up. Uh, you know, they're going to have to—like I said, there's there's some maneuvering to be done. And at least one player who's currently on the 40-man will not be here after adding Ovieda in a week. And, I mean, am I wrong? Can you think of anyone else besides Bobby Bradley? He's not playing. They're not using him. Unless, you know, I don't think they're going to put Stephen Kwan on the 60-day disabled list because of his dizziness. So there's they, they need to figure something out there. I mean, one can make a case Mercado. I mean, it, honestly, it's like those two open spots. <laughs> it is a little ridiculous to go over to roster resource. It's like Ernie Clement, Bobby Bradley, and Luke Maley are all listed as first baseman. That's some glitch in the system. But when you look at this team, it's like I know Mercado has been an everyday player right now, but he's just not good. Uh, again, if he's a fourth outfielder, you're kind of fine with that. But I'm hoping they're gonna figure a better route for this team to get there. Uh, you know, We'll have to see if Owen Miller can get back to where he was before his exposure. I mean, he's never going to play exactly where he was because he was putting up you know unbelievable numbers, but if he can at least get back to league average-ish, uh, that would be a big advantage for this team. With Kwan down, with Fran Mill just being one of the worst hitters in baseball right now, with Ahmed Rosario being equally awful, uh, there's not a whole lot... They can do. It's just they have a team right now where you have so many players disappointing or not performing that that's why you lose five in a row. When you get rid of one of the few players who has performed well, and Stephen Kwan due to his injury, I, like just talking about like the idea of runs created plus, like who are the top players? Like Owen Miller, Jose Ramirez, Stephen Kwan, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez is still at a 145. By the way, I know there's non-believers out there, Shroom. Is he doing anything to change your mind? Let me know. Uh, Miles Straw is still above average. And you got Clement, Mercado, Rosario, and then a big gap before you get to Fran Mill, who is slightly better than Hedges. But you've got that kind of territory uh, as you're moving down that list. And it's it just comes down to this. So if everyone is healthy, this lineup has to be. Has to be. At least in my opinion right now. Uh yeah. <laughs> It's the weirdest there. would say. It has to be. And Austin Hedge is a catcher. Uh, you're just going for the defensive value there. First base should be Miller. Second base should be Rosario. It should not be Jimenez. It should be Rosario. Jimenez should be a shortstop because of value of position. Third base, Jose. Center field, straw. Left field. Quan, if he's not healthy. Palacios right field Naylor, or if we want to look at this another way, I'm also fine with Quan and right, Placios and left, and Naylor first base, with Miller as kind of a super utility, plays every day, uh, giving someone a rest. So if, you know, he could play first, second, third, uh, Franville is your DH, but, you know, when the player has an off day, if you're going to have Jose play a day at, at DH, Miller fills in and essentially have him play four to five days a week, playing multiple different positions that is what i would like to see you know am i crazy what do you think let me know over on my twitter Jeff MLB draft i forgot to introduce myself today because i was so quick to want to dive into all of this uh and talk about the guardians after having kind of been on the shelf for a few days post uh, some traveling for that wedding i want to thank you for making lockdown guardians your first listen today and every day wherever it is you get podcast uh, and remember, please subscribe. That's that's the big thing. Go hit the YouTubes. Uh, I will say, I know it's been... Yeah, last week, things were riding high, though. So last week, the numbers still took a bit of a hit after kind of all the initial, like, Stephen Kwan is a demigod and Jose Ramirez is here forever uh, joy. But make sure to still tune in and help out the show by downloading daily, subscribing, telling a friend. I appreciate uh, the Lockdown Guardians fandom. You are a great... Kind group, uh, and I do appreciate all of you. And I try to respond to every comment when I am able to. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On Guardians podcast. Uh, again, I want to thank you for making it your first listen today and every day wherever it is you get podcasts. Uh, and go check out our, you know, our friend Sully on the Locked On MLB, or our other friend uh, Lindsay over on Locked On Prospects. He and I are we're trying to figure some schedules to talk some draft stuff sooner and later. And as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.